Hi guys, this is Abdeswadu and you are listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. Hello and welcome. Two weeks left until we start the new season and after a fairly lacklustre pre-season in America, it seems like we need to press on now with our transfers and get some quality depth in our ranks, which looked oh so very vacant the last few games. Nonetheless, there were some highs to take from the US of A and we'll discuss concerns and the tournament as a whole. We then move on to the latest transfer rumour mill, how our kit launch for Barbie was a week or two too late, and any other business. Alongside me are, on his debut, Matt Bone and Danny Smith. I'm J-Mac, and this is your Fulham Focus podcast. Fulham. Right, uh, let's waste no time introducing our newest member of the Focus Pod team, Matt Bone, a.k.a. Boney. A very warm welcome to you, sir. Quite fitting that the founder of Focus, uh, Danny's here too, to do the same. Uh, Boney will be co-hosting today, but mainly actually hosting a fair few pods for us this season to keep things fresh with myself, Sarge, Morgs and Wigo, etc, etc. So today's more of a chilled one, mate. Uh, What's your history with Fulham then? Or as prisoners like to say to each other, what, what are you in for? Oh goodness! I'm I'm in because I'm a Canadian exile. So I I moved over with a love of right. hockey, baseball, and all that wonderful stuff. Got thrown into high school and had that quickly beaten out of me by a good Croydon upbringing. Um, so I, I I found I found Fulham with fired, and so the the late nineties were were my. I think I'm a bit older than all you guys, anyways. But yeah, my um my early days were yeah, Paul Bracewell in charge and things like that nice, nice, so nice, yeah nice. so that I, I i go back a bit but that that's it it was walking out onto the hammy end and suddenly feeling ah so this is what supporting a club is supposed to feel like and, and that was it proper yeah. club yeah nice oh man good to have you good Thanks, to have man. you and danny mate what's you're very welcome and danny how are you doing mate it's good to see you uh, as we have a look at uh transfer gossip and just the season ahead etc yeah, no, it's, it's been a fun summer, isn't it? Um, lots going on and lots not going on, uh, but plenty to talk about and stress about. So looking forward to getting back into it. But I think the the, the big breaking news comes from Fulham Focus Towers with with Boney joining us. So, yeah, welcome to the team, mate. Um, I think you're going to be a fantastic addition. It's been a lot of hard work gone into it over the last six years to keep it going, and I just can't put the hours in anymore with my kids getting older. So... Really pleased to expand the team and, and basically have fun and, and, and don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be all right. We'll be, oh, it's going to be absolutely fine. Uh, right. Well, let's, let's move on then to our time in America, which has now come to a close. Uh, they're, all, they're all on the plane back. I think I saw a clip, actually, of, of some of our team waking up Polina on the plane back with Marcus Silva turning back, looking at them like, what the fuck is going on back there? Which is quite funny. But yeah, our time in America. We, we've talked about the Brentford win and, and I, not really about the Villa result. But, Boney, I'll come straight to you with this. Just your overall thoughts on that Chelsea defeat before we move on to the, the tournament as a whole and just what you took from it. I, I find pre-season games weird because normally you've been in the pub all afternoon and you're still drinking. So what's the thing? Watching it on telly on a Sunday evening from the States on a pitch that looked like concrete s- yeah. seems just really strange. 
my only concern of the whole thing was let's just get everybody home in one piece and then of course tc pulls up almost straight away with what looks like an ass injury um and and that that was yeah. that was a worry but i thought it, it was just one of those pre-seasony things that i know there's lots of people getting worked up about winning something but it's it's kind of like the participation medal at school isn't it it's you know you showed up you didn't screw up too badly and you came home with a bit of tin i yeah yeah. I, I wasn't fussed. I thought we were better in the second half. I thought, um, I thought Raúl looked great in his number seven shirt, which which uh, did the job, and he didn't break himself first time out. So yeah, no, I think I think it was minimal injuries, and we didn't lose anyone to transfers, which we'll come on to later. Yeah, it was nice to actually. Um... But it was it was a nice it was a nice to tournament overall, Danny. But I mean, th- this game it would have been nice to have won another trophy next to the Intertoto Cup, wouldn't it? Especially against Chelsea. But I mean, I'm, of course, I'm joking. It means sweet FA. This <laughs> a piece of tin, as uh, Bernie alluded to. Yeah, it, it was a bit strange uh, following it on on the TV and that because normally um, preseason it goes on a bit under the radar. You might get the odd home game what you would go to, but the coverage in general is 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 very minimal normally so to to have it so blown up um this time round i think made the problems maybe seem a little bit more exaggerated than they actually are uh, i suppose there's normally these hiccups and and uh squad dilemmas and uh rotation i suppose you have it every single time um Sarge made a really good point about the portugal tour last year and said that we had a few youngsters come in that did really well and then you never saw him again and, and we didn't really have any sign-ins. I think the only ones that were here were Polina and Pereira. So there was loads of big holes in, in that squad as well and that turned out fine when the likes of Leno and William etc. arrived a bit later. So I'm sure it, it'll all turn out for the better, especially now Silva's staying. I think that is probably the, the biggest positive to come out of this uh, tour. Uh, for me, I, th- I would say the only thing that concerned me was that out of the, the teams we played, I think we we looked the most short when it came to making those 11 subs. Uh, I thought when we had our reasonably strong team on the pitch, we looked okay, whether that was in the first half or the second. But in the, the moments when we had to bring in the reserves of the reserves, it... I think that's when we look really thin compared to everyone else. So, yeah, but but all in all, um, I think it, it's pre-season. It is what it is. And I think we'll be fine in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And it's nice to see some debuts. I mean, we, we've obviously, we've talked about the, the young 17-year-old fullback who was actually playing centre-back, uh, Figueroa. I can't pronounce his name, unfortunately. But uh, he looked a real talent, which is great. And obviously, Bona, you mentioned uh, the injury to TC. There was a scare at one point that Tete was injured too, but I think he uh, walked it off as such and uh, moved to centre-back or something or the other. But in terms of, you mentioned Raul Jimenez, and uh, he seemed to be, bit of a firecracker when he came on I mean arguably when a player comes on they're always going to make a bit more effort because you know it's their first game but there, there is something good there and I, I do enjoy the the number seven on the shirt for him actually especially just the name Raul it looks it looks rather classy um I just want to know what your thoughts on Calvin Bassey was because he seemed like a bit of a, uh, a a very good prospect as well I do like a player that comes in with something to prove because he had a shocker last year and I think he 
kind of like Raul is seeing this as an opportunity and this seems to be the right sort of place to come for people to rebuild things and I thought Bassi looked really good Raul's throwing himself around a bit um, I guess we're going to call him Raul now instead of Jimenez because of the shirt what are you going to do yeah, uh, baby. Yeah. but um I, I think I think they both they both looked really well uh, the other good thing was Pereira he he was back as well nice and early. Yeah. I didn't think we were going to see him um and then, of course, the the lesser spotted Kevin and Babu as well, which did make me smile when when he came on and managed to get through however long he was on without screwing up too badly, which I thought was an improvement for him. So thumbs up to, to poor old Kevin. Mm, I'm gonna have to try and be easy on Kevin and Babu if he stays with us because I was quite um, cynical of him. Um, those who were with me could tell you when at the Spurs game when he had to fill in at left back to cover an injured Robertson at, um, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium I, I, I gave him about maybe five seconds <laughs> until I just basically had seen enough and um, was very angry throughout the whole game but yeah. uh, there's, a, there's a lot I mean there, there were some positives I like that you know the Andreas thing is definitely one um, it's quite remarkable that his ankle injury has is, is healed so soon um, and I will go to Danny. It's quite nice seeing Tim Ream sort of in this sort of coaching role on the side. Do you think? I haven't asked anyone this yet, but do you think that's potentially a role we might see with him in the future? It was quite nice seeing him coaching all the centre backs and just him sort of being the spokesperson on the sideline for the commentary. I, I know he's American, and that's the reason it was done. But it was just something quite nice about that. Yeah, well, I mean, throughout his time at the club, I've, I, I never quite saw him as a leader, uh, but as he's his career has progressed with us and, and he's become one of the senior members of the team, longest serving. And then, of course, with Kenny not being a regular, he's sort of been become the adopted captain, if you like. Um, he seemed to grow into the role and, and he leads by example. He's such a good role model, such a great attitude. Um, and yeah, I, I think he's the kind of person that... He, I, think, I think you need someone like that around all the time whether he's in the team or he's just around the the training ground and involved with the club he's i could see him becoming like an ambassador for the club um in the same way i thought hangland had the potential to be and unfortunately you know he left in bizarre circumstances um going to palace but i i, I hope that doesn't happen to tim i i think silver clearly values him played he played pretty much every minute of every game last year he's obviously 35 can he do that again i i don't see why he can't but i think it makes sense to bring in bassi now a young a young player that can make he can maybe hand the baton over to with this season or next season whatever but i think it's can only make sense for the to the for the squad to have both of them uh, and i think they can complement each other with their different attributes Definitely. I think the competition from Bassi might actually keep Reem on his feet even longer than we, we've already seen. I mean, he, uh, I, I, I don't think Tim Reem's season's over. I mean, I'm not suggesting that any of us are saying that here either, but uh, with, with Calvin Bassi as competition, and Bassi obviously can obviously play left-back as well, I think, I think we'll see Tim Reem do very well again this season. I'm, I, I'm sure I've just jinxed it, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. But Danny was alluding to Boney. He was talking about Marcus Silva and how we're lucky to have him back, uh, you know, not committing to the Saudis. He recently came out with a quote saying that, you know, we need players sooner. Um, we, we need all the players that we're linked to. I needed them now for this tournament. And obviously he's correct, but I was just, my notes here, I just thought it'd be worth asking this. It's slightly rich, isn't it? 
do you think maybe him him making such a statement when he actually has his indecisiveness of staying at the club or not is actually what's probably caused the transfers to be so slow in the first place? It, it's it's manager press conference one hundred and one, isn't it? It's you know we haven't we haven't had a great tournament, so let's let's put the the pressure on the the board to get us some players. And I I think in in his case, I think he came out and said, "Well, I never agreed to anything. I never said I was going," which. The two weeks of silence and every club in Saudi offering him all the money in the world to, to show up kind of was a bit weird. He's staying. That's great. If he wants to really make a statement, sign the new deal. It's sitting there. Mm. Let's, you know, that that's a statement of intent that, that we have him for at least another year is great. I think with the people that we're going to talk about that we're linked to, he's the right sort of manager for them. So I'm pleased. I'm pleased he's still saying. I'm glad he's not gone to Saudi because we would have had a real scramble to get someone half decent with you know three weeks to go or whatever it was at the time. I think a good way to look at it, it to get perspective on on where we are now is had we lost Silva, let's say he decided to go, we probably wouldn't have found a replacement by now. Imagine what a state we'd be in right now if that had happened. So the fact that it didn't happen, I, I think we've got to take this as, uh, we've got to see it as glass half full rather than glass half empty. We've still got a lot of the transfer windows to go and stability is very important. So I, I know it would be great if he signed a new deal. I'm, I'm still not sure if he, if he avoided going, um, like leaving uh, with the the offers that were he was given, whether that was down to wanting to stay at Fulham or whether it's because he's ambitious and he wants to get a big role in Europe uh, sooner rather than later, and and obviously staying at Fulham and doing well again is a good way for him to attract those kind of jobs. So maybe that's why he doesn't want to sign a new deal. Maybe he's just he, you know if he's a free agent in the summer, he can do what he wants, uh, and and staying at Fulham you know might be good for him. But whatever happens, I think we we just got to accept the fact that keeping him for one more year can only be a good thing. Uh, and then if he was to leave, at least that's hopefully two years established in the Premier League uh, and we'll be in a much stronger position to go and find a, a replacement. But for now, in the short term, I, I think, thank God he's staying. I think what's interesting is we'll obviously see what happens at the end of the window and then we'll actually know whether or not he's happy. And I think we, there is a chance that he could sign a new deal. If not, it would be nice if he just kept on doing a rolling 12-month contract like Roy Hodgson's been doing with Palace, it seems. But yeah, we'll come on to transfers now. And the one that obviously just hangs over our head, Boney, ever, ever going, uh, sort of just staring at the water going down the drain of the plug hole constantly, is the Alexander Mitrovic stat saga. Now, it's allegedly from, I think, the evening standard the other day, he wants to leave even if the Saudi deal falls through. Um, Silver announced he's back in training. I just think, just your thoughts on this, but also, where could you see him going if if not for the fee we want, and and, and how do you think reckon it could be done? I, I know I've seen Inter Milan were linked, but Inter Milan now have been actually going for Skamaka from West Ham. Um, I think they're looking for something a lot cheaper than what we probably want. So just all, I'm just giving you lots of questions like you usually do, and whatever you can make from that. Well, the Inter thing's interesting because they don't have any money at all, do they? So the, the right. cheaper option for them is yeah free, and if we're holding out for was it fifty million? 
I, I I can't see who's gonna come in for him at that right now. Um, yeah. I, th- I think I can't remember who it was in the group chat mentioned Man U as a backup for the, this young lad that they're trying to get. Yeah. Oh, that was me. Yeah, it was you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Per- that was me. Perceptive stuff, man. No, I think. It, Thank you. It would it would be something like that, and the only time you'd sort of see that happening for less money was if, say, Fred came the other way, and you know, it's I I, I was at the Man U game, the the cup game, and he broke my heart that day, and it still hasn't mended. So if yeah. he goes, he goes. <laughs> I'm I'm not fast. I was. I was there too, mate. Honestly, and uh, I, it really, it really breaks my heart to know that was the last time I saw him. Albeit a really nice goal that he scored, you know, oh, it was gorgeous, <laughs> at yeah. Old Trafford. It was, it was great, and the celebration was fantastic. But still, just everything after that is just, I, I, I still need therapy to be honest. Um, Danny, just it, talking about my theory or just the general idea of where Mitrovic could go, because if he definitely wants to leave, he probably will. Because having an unhappy Mitrovic, despite him training, is never, never a good thing. Um, for instance, we want Fred at the moment. We can maybe I can see us holding out to get Fred until the end of the window of Manchester United. Do you see like something like that, a player swap deal with a club like that? I, and I'm not saying that Mitrovic will definitely go to Man United. I just think Man United will go for someone, maybe as well on top of this Hoyland guy, because I don't think this Hoyland guy is exactly the right thing they need for a whole Premier League season with Champions League football. Even if you put Marcus Rashford in the centre forward, now. It would be very ironic if Mitrovic did go to Man United after everything that happened. But yeah, I guess my question is, do, do you see, do you have any ideas where you could see Mitrovic going and how so? Well, it probably doesn't make for great podcasting, but my my honest answer is I don't care where he goes. Um, Fair enough. I mean, you know, <laughs> and I don't care if he stays. You know, at the end of the day, he's a professional footballer. I think we've we're all past the point of being sentimental and and uh, you know being in love with each other. I mean, that that ship sailed. Um, I don't like the attitude. I don't like the disrespect to the fans. Um, if you want to go for the money, fair enough. You've you've served full and well, and you've been you are a club legend, no doubt about it. But. I think we've fooled ourselves all this time that the, the love went both ways because I think if it did, he wouldn't have, have behaved the way he has. He would have gone about it in a, in a more uh, respectful way to the fans. So for me, if he stays, don't apologise. Just get on with your job and you'll score goals and we'll love you anyway. But for me, it will let, you know, if he goes now... I don't care where he goes. If he goes to Man United, that is absolutely taking the piss. Yeah, no. it's just a, it's a really it's a really niche theory that I've got. I don't think anyone else see, are listening to this. We're doing it now. It's the Mitro show. We've made him the king for a long time, and because it was in our right. interest too, we had no one else. We always put all our eggs in, in Mitro's basket. We didn't have any backup strikers, so for a long time, we've depended on him. And and it's worked because he's been without him. I don't know what would have happened. We certainly wouldn't have got promoted three times. But through the whole situation with Parker, where he had a, a really really bad year, um, missed penalties for Serbia for us, wasn't playing. Essentially, the club backed him, chose him over Parker. I mean, it's even uh, documented that the the Khans asked Mitrovic to stay. And it was clear that one or the other had to go, and Scott Parker went. 
So so everyone backed Mitrovic that when um, he got banned at, at Old Trafford and, and what he did. If that had been any other player, it would have been unforgivable. But because it was Mitrovic and because there was an exaggerated um, a reaction by the media, we come to his defence because he's Mitro and he's our legend. I just think it was his teammates that had to get on with that game, even though their opportunity to get through to Wembley and, and maybe win in the FA Cup, because we had Brighton in the next round, we had the opportunity, a good opportunity to get to the final. We had a good opportunity to get into Europe at that point, but then we lost our main striker for eight games. And it was all these teammates that had to pick up the pieces and get us through that season. And we still ended up with a top-half finish. right? Despite that, it was the Mitro show. As soon as Mitro come back, heroes welcome at Southampton. As soon as the season's over, the future of Mitrovic, what's happening? No one really cared that Robinson had signed a five-year deal and committed his future to the club. It's always about Mitrovic. That's a good point. And for me, whether he goes or not, it's about the team now. And and that I hope Silva makes that very clear, and he clearly is. If he's not training, he doesn't play. So, yeah, for me, it probably is best he goes. I think it's probably we we need to find a way of playing without him, and I think the only way we can do that is if he goes. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, whether he goes or not, just be, do your job, and that's as simple as that. I don't resent him. But I don't really care for him either now. And, and yeah, and what, what his future is, I don't care. I care about the future of Fulham. I think if he does go, it gives us better an option, as Danny was saying, to play differently. Last year, when he was out of form, when he was carrying that injury, or he was banned, we were still trying to play two Mitro with Vinny, who's not Mitro, a very different player. And yet it was always the same thing. And I think especially that, that last 15 game run in, the cup run aside, I thought we were we were starting to get found out and we didn't really have much of a plan B. So if he goes, I think that's an opportunity for that front three, four to get changed up and for us to have another trick trick in our bag other than, than Mitra. I think that's right. I mean, you've got to look at sort of the players we've got now. So we've we, we've obviously bought Jimenez, and I th- I think we might hold on to Vinicius. I feel like we've got two of those players because I mean, if we hold on to Vinicius, that is, we hold on to both of those players to work a system where they could act as a sort of Mitrovic character. But I feel like the next striker we get, if Mitrovic does go, will be something different. We might see a kind of player there. Marcus Silva was linked to well for us last season in Moise Keane I mean not that I'd be overly thrilled about that appointment if it happens but you know that sort of striker that he got from Everton just someone a bit more uh, some people hate me saying this because it reminds me of Scott Parker someone a bit more mobile someone who can actually play on the wing if they needed to that sort of thing it's quite funny Danny was like it's the Mitrovic show I've got so many notes here about Mitrovic still it's like he he could go to Chelsea Uh, Juve and Chelsea are trying to uh, Vlahovic and Lukaku oh oh, he'd be great at Roma I've got that written down as well I think we should stop Tammy Abraham's injured we should get rid of uh, the Mitrovic thing you're quite right and um, I think the next thing we'll go on to is uh, there's a a lot of winger talk at the moment um, for the same position but it might, I, I don't know if we're getting both or we're just in for one and we're playing a bit of a game with the clubs. Um, so you've got Callum Hudson Adoy, who has had a kind of a kind of lackluster two years for the clubs he's been at on loan or at Chelsea. Um, huge talent, none, uh, apparently, 
was very good in in FIFA 21 um, when I played. It got into 86. Um, Damari Gray, who always looked quite, you know, flary, really cool player. But I mean, some Everton fans aren't necessarily devastated to see the back of him, but was always good at Leicester. Um, I'll come to you on this, Boney, and then to Danny. I mean, just do you have any preference on on one of these left wingers with a right foot that we, we, appear, we appear to be going in for at the moment? This has been setting our group chat alight, really, isn't it? The, the debate about these two. What's, what's the only thing yeah, going it's, on? It's, yes. like, which one is it? Um, yeah. I, I I, keep coming back to Callum Hudson-Odoi being 22. He's got all the talent in the world. I think he needs to be somewhere where he can just play football. Um, I, I don't know. That might just be me being old and nostalgic and, and wanting to see that kid of 18 that we hated seeing in a blue shirt because he was deadly every time he got the ball. I think that person's still there and it just needs someone to pull him out. I think Damari Gray, um, one bad season doesn't make a bad player. And I think it would have been very hard for anybody to look good in that Everton Everton team last year. Um, So I think part of me is like, well, for the numbers that they're talking about, get them both. We need numbers. You know, we're Mm. we're gonna, you know, yeah, our, our leading left winger at the moment basically my age and you know I'm falling apart and William's in better shape than me but that's not you know something could happen to him um, so I you know I'm just being greedy I'm, I was looking at our squad for the Chelsea game buy both we've got space well, for it yeah it makes sense getting both in terms of you know we're replacing Cabano and Solomon mm. Uh, it, it would make sense if we're going for both and I think Stato in the group made a good point that actually you could play Damari Gray he's like almost like an, a, a bit of a glossier version of Bobby Deco over Reed in the sense that he could play anywhere along the front three and, and you could play maybe play Damari Gray to compete with Andreas Pereira's spot I mean Danny do, do you have any, any preference on these players or if um, you know it's it's quite funny because we, we talk about Solomon you and I and how we actually agree with one another that he's actually a bit was quite overrated. I mean, had 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 some really good moments, but yeah, just any preference on the sort of player you think would be best for filling that Solomon uh, shaped hole. I'm I'm quite excited about both of them, uh, the ones you've mentioned, Hudson Odoi and, and Gray, for different reasons. I can see logic in, in, in signing them both. Uh, clubs like Fulham, I, I think, have to take calculated gambles on on every signing. Uh, if if a player's in you know the form of their life and and they're a really good age um and they're the type of player that's going to take us forward they're probably going to cost a lot of money or not want to come to fulham if we're realistic so i think there's there's always got to be a little catch that we've got to try and unleash a, a gem or or get get that spark back and and hodgson did a really good job with that with with the team he had um what i like about the 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 Demai Gray signing would be that we've had our year of establishing ourselves and now we need to kick on and I think in order to do that you need players that have played minutes in the Premier League and have experience of the league and and he's got that he's got that over Hudson-Odoi who hasn't got that many appearances well certainly hasn't got as much experience so Gray's at a good age still but he's got a lot of minutes under his belt. Now he might not, Everton fans might not be that sad to see him go. He might not be in great form at the moment, whatever. But when we signed Simon Davis from Everton, they wasn't bothered about him coming because he wasn't in great form. Mm-hmm. When Damien Duff left Newcastle, they couldn't wait to see the back of him. When Andy Johnson left Everton, they wasn't fussed, etc., etc. Jonathan Greening, Danny Murphy when he left Tottenham, 
I could go on and on and on. Tee up at West Ham, you know. But all these players had the same thing in common. They were experienced of the league and good enough to turn it around under the right manager. And I think Marco Silva's proved time and time again that he is is a good coach and he will improve the players he's got. I think he's pretty much done that with all the players in, he's in, inherited. Um, so I like the grey signing. And I think if anyone's going to get the potential out of Hudson Adoy, it, it will be him. And for the price we've been rumoured with, four or five million or whatever, the fact that he's only 22, that's an investment. You can't really go wrong with that, I don't think. The only sticky point there would be his wages. How would the wages affect the squad morale if you've got an unproven young young player coming in who's going to end up being like the top earner? So I, I'm sure he would have to take mm. a big pay cut. But I'm excited by them both. The, the, the only concern I would have is that they play, both play the same position. Uh, and we don't want to start playing players out of position when we've already got William because uh, they all sort of play on the left, if I'm right. So three left-wingers when we've only really got Harry Wilson on the right, it's a bit imbalanced, don't you think? Yeah, I, I think so. And I, there, there's this something that's going on, really. Is It seems that, from the Athletic anyway, that we're, we're both, uh, for both players, we, we seem to have agreed personal terms with both of them, but the fee is still not right with with either of them and it makes me feel like we're sort of we're we're holding back on the fee with both because actually we maybe just want one of them we're sort of like seeing which one we can haggle down the most showing that we've got interest in in you know the vice the other the other player from the other side while we're trying yeah. to negotiate etc well, etc et so that, that's, that's that, the fun game if you if you can only sign one who would you have I'd definitely go for Gray I think I would probably like to, I, originally I would have said Callum Hudson the doy just because I think he has quite a high ceiling and the 22 factor that Boney said um, I know Hudson uh, so I know Demari Gray is I think he's 27 28 but in a good age to be a wing and he's got Premier League minutes I, I like either of them but I, w- I would go personally for Callum Hudson Adoy just because I'm I'm intrigued and I'm, I'm just more I'm, I'm more going back on blind faith than uh, well not blind but just a lot more faith than actual facts like you are saying with the uh, the Premier League minutes and um his age and stuff like mm. that. I don't know. Only are you are you on the same sort of realm? You think maybe Jamari Gray? I think. I I I'm, I'm going to go Callum. I, okay. I I think him coming in. I think either of these guys doesn't go number one on the team sheet. That's it. And I think if you're going to have that, having Hudson Adoy not have that pressure and wanting to force his way in as opposed to someone expecting to play might might actually be a better fit um that i i just think that's that's when unless yeah you're swinging him over on the right and wishing them all the best well there you go yeah ganged up on by the hosts (laughs) the whole time he was giving his his reason all i heard was host union host union (laughs) (laughs) so it begins oh man so i I mean so i talked about the fees and how you know, we haven't agreed on those, but it, there, there seems to be a theme at the moment where we are, even though we seem to, you know, we've retained our status in the Premier League and we've got all that TV money, I think we're still going for quite cheapish kind of deals still because you look at, for instance, um, we were in for Kyle Walker Peters from Saints as a Kenny Tete backup. You know, he's a right back, can play on the left as well, but that's a really good deal. But now it seems like the one that's got more noise at the moment is uh, Castagna from Leicester. So another, you know, 
another Leicester player. Um, obviously, championship, but the, apparently the fee for that would be about twelve point eight million. So we are, I think that's a very good option as cover. Uh, by the way, but I, I think you can tell that we're sort of going for these smaller fees still, which is probably quite smart business. Um, Danny, I'll, I'll come straight back to you with this one. The fee that also is small at the moment is uh, Tosin to Monaco. Uh, apparently they want him for 4.5 million. They put a bid in for 4.5 million. And apparently Tottenham are closing in right now for, with, an, with, with a, a rival offer. Um, I, I'm starting to think, I mean, I can't imagine Levy making a, a bid much higher than 4.5. He likes to he likes to sort of go quite low too. I, I personally, I'm starting to think that Tosin should just, I'd rather keep him and let him leave for free if he's, a, if he's only going to double what we paid for him you know what I mean it was like 1.9 or something ridiculous yeah I think my my concern with Tossin is that I, I wonder if he thinks he's better than what he is because um, okay. for me he served his purpose last season and proved to be a really valuable squad member uh, but if I was doing a pecking order of the centre-backs he would have been third choice uh, so he the minutes he got and and the job he did was what I had expected of him. Uh, if he's at his age, you know, he's, he, he wants to be playing, I would, I would imagine, which is only natural. If he's pushing for more than that, realistically, I don't think we can offer that because I, I would say that Diop was better. Um, and if we was to go into the season with Tossin as a guaranteed starter, I, I'd say that that makes us... that That's a backward step, in my opinion. But that's not criticising him because necessarily because I think he, he has his place in the squad and I think he could be a really valuable person to have but only if he's willing to be the backup really so mm. but yeah I don't think 4.5 million is really a fair value for him um, but I, I, I know if he's if he's not playing and he's not really in our plans then you can't really haggle for much more than that because clubs know that they've sort of got the power at the buying club so I think mm. it probably would make sense to keep him and let him go for a free I think you probably get more value out of him over the season but then you've got run the risk the same as Mitrovic are you keeping an unhappy player that wants to play I, I, I don't know why he, I don't know why he wants to go I, I can't see where he will slot straight in. I think he's got more of a chance of making a mark here um, than he would somewhere else. And it's it's just a strange one. But, yeah, if he goes, good luck to him. He's he's he's, he's done a job for us and I'd like, I'd like him to stay. But as Danny was saying, you don't want him sitting on the bench fuming. You, um, mm. you, you want him as an option. And even if it was, I'm going to stay for a year and see it out, but I'm going to give you my best for a year. Fair enough. Yeah, and it seems like we're in for like I haven't seen many other centre back links to be honest at the moment uh, that would potentially fill his uh, fill his role. I mean, you've got uh, a Croatian guy, Sutalo. I think I can't remember the exact name. He looks quite decent. I mean, he's incredibly tall in Croatian. That's all I really know about him. But I mean, there are there are other links as well at the moment. I mean, we've got uh, Pellegrini uh, left back. We're looking for cover, really. It's all the depth we need, as Danny was saying. We, we, like, we're falling short compared to... You looked at that list for um, the, the series, the American series, and you just saw, you know, Aston Villa's bench compared to ours, and it was just quite shocking in terms of like how, how you know, we are not 
well equipped enough on the bench so you have the return of Pellegrini Luca Pellegrini from Juventus um, who is a left back and apparently agreement is reached um, we've also been linked with Josh uh, Doig uh, from Helena Helena uh, Verona he's like Scottish and has some very good stats apparently all this kind of thing I don't know do you have anything you'd like to add to that Boney if I'll come straight back at you I mean or if we can just move on to all the other list of people we might be linked to <laughs> It's hard to keep up with all the people we're being linked to, as we're about to go on to do. I think Pellegrini is interesting. I think Doug's interesting. Doug, Doug, however you say his name. Doug might be better, yeah. My, my <laughs> Scottish wife isn't here, so I can get away with murdering Scottish names. But, you know, it, I think both of them slotting in as cover. Again, a good shout. The, the, the fees aren't being talked about, aren't huge. Again, I think there's still single figures in, in the millions, wasn't it? It wasn't crazy That's wasn't right. crazy money yeah it's why 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 not yeah the, the the fees are coming we've got smaller fees as well i mean uh we have we were we were linked with this guy called andre from uh fluminesi um and apparently he's going to liverpool now and he looks like a sort of defensive midfielder that we'd have almost like the uh the maya links that we had the brazilian guy called maya who uh we always assumed would be the, the Polinia replacement or the Polinia backup. Uh, we have now linked with yeah Faust, Fausto Vera from Corinthians because obviously Liverpool going for Andre. I mean, I, I would love Danny to talk to you about all these players like I've just tried to do with Boney, but like we know nothing really. We could all pretend that we, we've got a stats computer in front of us, but like at the end of the day, we're just linked with all the... I mean, it's, it's encouraging to see we're still being linked with uh, people from... The Brazilian league, that means Marco must be saying. But, I mean, just do you have any, any thoughts about any transfers at all that you've heard of or anything that you actually have got your eye on that you maybe would like? Look, I, if you're listening to the podcast because you want my expertise on players I've never heard of, then you are absolutely wasting your time. That's right, yeah. I love yeah. Fulham. I care uh, passionately about Fulham and, and, and I want them to sign the right players. It's not my job to know the ins and outs about them, right? Someone else is supposed to scout them, look at their stats, think, decide whether they're good enough. Yeah, there's enough stress in life without me worrying about whether they're good enough. <laughs> I'll judge them once I see them with my yeah. eyes. So all I can tell you is, watching that, that tour, is that I think Diop's not good enough to be the out-and-out starter with no pressure behind him. Which is why him and him and Tossin worked because neither of them are going to set the world alight. But if one one replaces the other, it's sort of much for a muchness, if you like. They're both good enough to do a job, but I don't think Diop is is um, you know in the long term should be a nailed on starter. Uh, I think we need obviously cover for Tete because Silva did come out and say that. We've only got two fullbacks in the squad. Well, I can count three if you count Robinson, Tete, and Mbabu. So I think that says a lot about where Mbabu's future lies. Um, so we need cover there. I think we need another midfielder. Tom Kearney, I really hope, still has a place in the squad and, and is used a lot because he's phenomenal. I love him. Uh, we've got Arison Reed, we've got Pereira, we've got Polina. We still need one more. Still need one more midfielder, so we need a backup centre back. We need a backup right back. We need another midfielder. We need two wingers, and we need a replacement for Mitro. We need a good six or seven players. So I hope they get a, a move on. But 
Out of all the rumours, like I said, the one that excites me most is the player I'm familiar with, Damari Gray. Experienced in the Premier League. For me, you can't go wrong with that. But you do need to have a balance of finding those gems from abroad as well. Bonnie, do you, um, is there anything you want to add on to that? There's players that I would like. That we're never going to get them. But, you know, it's... I, I, I think there's just so much uncertainty around it. There's... We can waffle, like, like Danny's saying. I, I think there's... There's nothing concrete enough for any of us to go. That looks like a sweet looking deal, than other than the stuff we've already mentioned. Um, mm. And mm. it's yeah, the Paulinho stuff last year came out of the blue. That's right. So it's um, let it run. I think yeah, I think I could safely say, guys, you guys just do not go on Twitter enough as me, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you are you are far too you are far 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 too um, relaxed and um, calm than me um, I'm, I lose my mind every day on Twitter about who we're linked with and not linked with it's crazy I'm, I'm, I'm worried I'm worried that we've, we've we've got a very thin squad but I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm also at the point now where it's just like yeah we've got two weeks to go this is this is yeah Tony Khan ha- happy time isn't it it's yeah I get to I get to go nuts with the checkbook for now and then we have to wait a month for transfer day for when he's clearly taking a lot of pro plus and he's a uh, and he's away I, I think i think for me what's keeping me calm and and not panicking is the fact that silver's staying so for me there's still sure. plenty of time left in the window i know we're doing our business late and we don't look we didn't look prepared in that that u.s tour it's probably the the the, the word i would use to describe it unprepared for the season uh the players didn't look very sharp or fit um and we don't have enough of them. But having said that, if you take away the Mitrovic situation, you know, realistically, we could still start the season with Leno, Robinson, Ream, hopefully, Diop, Tete. Polina is looking like he could be back. But even if he's not, hopefully Kenny will be. We've got Reed, we've got Pereira, we've got William, we've got Harry Wilson, we've got Vinicius, we've got Jimenez in. It's still a settled team pretty much the team we finished yeah. the season with so if it has to get us through the first month or so I think there's enough there to, to say there's there's continuity and there's stability in the team who have we lost we've only lost the likes of Solomon who weren't starting anyway Cabano who weren't starting anyway so Mitrovic is the only real headache at the moment and I'm, I'm still optimistic the rest will come good but I think it's something we'll need to look at because every manager says the same thing and every window seems to be the same thing that it takes too long. But then you look at some of the signings we do make, the likes of Leno and and, and William on a free and it's hard to say they don't get value for money in the end, you know, by being a little bit more patient. Mm. But I'm sure that there needs to be a middle ground going forward because we need to be prepared going into seasons, not not doing it so late. Well, let's stop talking about transfers and preparation and this is tying in nicely to just our general vibes for the new season. Now, we obviously have a pod next week which will be a season preview slash Everton preview. Uh, just, Bona, your thoughts on just how you're, how you're feeling about the new season. If you take away the transfers as such, I mean, we obviously, as Danny was sort of saying, if we just had the same team which we most likely have maybe without Mitrovic, uh, we should be okay. But I'm just wondering how scared of the inverted commas second season syndrome you are. 
Well, it's not my second season. I've been here before. No, it's, <laughs> yeah. Well, there you are. That's no, I, I, I'm not panicking yet. Yeah, I, I think what Danny said is perceptive. We, we, we don't look great yet. But then again, it's not often, like we said before, we get to watch all of our preseason games on telly working out the rust. I think it's going to be an interesting year because there's a lot of teams that are in the same sort of spot and worse than us. Yeah, you, you look at hell. Look at Palace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Roy will without Zaha. Yeah, yeah, Roy will. Roy will do what Roy does. But yeah, you know, my brother is a big Palace fan. He's worried. Um, then you've got the likes. You just look at who's below you. And I know I'm talking about the show I've got to do next week. But yeah, Luton. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Burnley, I think probably be all right. They looked really good last year. Um, but there's quite a few. Yeah, yeah. Everton, all all of those teams as well. You know, is there going to be three worse teams than us on our bad day? And right now, I don't feel terrible. No more than my usual dread of supporting this club that can scare the living crap out of you at, at any moment. Um, I, I'm not I'm not panicking because I think there's a decent enough spine there to keep us keep us going. Of course, yeah. If they get back to Motspur and they'll trip up in the queue to to get the pasta, then we're we're screwed. But I, th- I think there's <laughs> yeah. th- there's there's not blind panic running around on a lot of the message boards, which is rare for us. Um, so I think yeah, I think providing we get some bodies in in the next month, I think we'll be okay. There's just one worry around that Mitro thing, and I think we were going to mention the, the the Saudi window as well, which runs to the middle of September. So if they come back at the last minute with stupid money, that could be tricky. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm not panicking. No, I, I think, I think the, the key for us is, is not to sit still or, or, or go sideways uh, and be content with where we are. I think you've always got to be, uh, Silva's always got to be evolving his style and, and the players we bring in have got to freshen it up. Because otherwise you will end up like a Southampton, a Leeds or a Leicester who did sort of go sideways content with where they were and and eventually everyone else would overtake you and you'll go down you think you're you're perfectly comfortable but you're not uh, and I don't think it takes a lot for everyone else to catch you in the Premier League there isn't much between the bottom 13 or so teams is there I, I think it, we proved that the three that went up last year all stayed up so I think the, the gap towards the probably the bigger ones is getting bigger but I think for the rest of us, you've basically just got to be the best of the rest. Uh, and I think if you get too content with where you are, you will end up deteriorating and, and declining. So I didn't see many tactical differences from in the in the US tour from what we did last year. It seemed to be pretty much the same sort of thing. I'm sure Silver's yeah. keeping his cards close to his chest, but we didn't really have a plan B last year. I, th- I thought our plan B was Solomon. And that became very predictable very quickly after his, his purple patch of scoring five in five or whatever it was. Um, that trick of cutting inside and, and shooting. I think once people uh, wised up to that, it sort of limited his effect on the game. And, and other than him, I don't think we really had a plan B. So that would be my only concern, was that hopefully we, we can freshen it up and... and not become predictable. 
All right, we'll just move on to the last section, which is um, any other business. And I mean, just uh, it's a pink kit, Bunny. It's a really nice, bright pink kit. Hot kit, hot pink, I think it's called. Ele- electric, electric pink. Just, just in time. Oh, wait a minute, it's not. It's they've they've done it. They've <laughs> it's meant to be in time for the Barbie film. I don't know, but yeah, it looks. Um, I think it looks horrendous. What do you think? It's it's landing in the middle of a zeitgeisty moment, isn't it? So it's it's good. It's it's hot electric pink, isn't it? It's is it's a look um and i yeah as soon as i saw the sponsor my brain went i'm not buying a kit this year so i I am not fast at all it's better than the mint one with that they claimed was like bricks from like the stevenage yes the johnny haynes and you're just like at least they're just saying it's pink and you're like okay fine happy days let's move on i i I, it's it's gonna be there's gonna be good bants around it all year, which will be which will be a laugh. <laughs> but for the most part, I I'm I'm yeah okay whatever. I I wouldn't fit in it, let alone anything else. I don't think it's not exactly a dark color, is it? I mean you know we play in white for God's sake. So like now we're having bright pink. It's just sort of like I feel like we're gonna have to go. I mean we can't have the mint kit as the third kit. I mean I think usually you have your third kit as an old kit. We have to go back to the black one. You need some sort of dark color in case we're playing some team with a bright color. Uh, D- Danny, have any thoughts on the questions I'm asking you today? <laughs> it's not exa- it's not exactly uh yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the pink kit? Yeah, so it's, it's different. Um yeah, it's alright actually. You're pretty surprised by my reaction. Um it's better than the mint one. It's funny, I seem to recall reading that Silva wasn't a big fan of the mint kit because he said the players couldn't see each other properly. He sort of like blended in with the grass and that. So I wonder if this is deliberate because you ain't going to miss him now. Um, but yeah. look, I like traditional colours. I, I, I would like the, the home kit to be you know nice and simple, white, black trim, and and the um, away kit to be the the, the exact opposite. opposite. Um, like we had in 2018 when we were promoted at, uh, at Wembley when Kearney scored that that was perfect for me nice and simple white shirt black sponsor uh, or black writing and then uh, it was the away kit was black with white writing perfect but I understand that the audience for buying tops nowadays is probably youngsters and kids and and so yeah mixing it up and, and making it a bit more trendy and colourful I, I get why they do it because I'm certainly not going to buy it no, regardless not with the prices they are at the moment so I think it's alright it's 80 quid yeah well it's not worth 80 quid but when did football shirts get 80 quid yeah I think this season really yeah. well, especially particularly Ful- uh, Fulham ones anyway yeah, yeah. it's crazy but yeah it's, it's alright if you want to look like a highlighter, yeah, I'm starting to think that Harry Wilson dyed his hair, you know, bleach blonde, actually to actually look like Ryan Gosling as Ken from the movie. It seems it seems too it seems too weird that he's done it now. I feel like he knew it was happening. I also don't know whether or not Margot Robbie's going to make an appearance at the college. I, I think I heard a saw an interview saying that, that the plan was to surprise a Premier League team um, for, with Barbie. I, I think maybe maybe there'll be something going on, but it's all a bit too late now. The film came out like you know two weeks ago. Um, so I mean, I feel like the sort of the press for it is sort of 
dying down a bit. It's, it's between Oppenheimer. We, we need a sort of an Oppenheimer or a Mission Impossible Seven kit or something like that. I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But look, thank you very much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. It's been really good to speak to you, Danny. It's been really lovely to speak to you, Bony mate. And uh, we'll be back. We'll be back with a season slash Goodison Park preview next week. And after that, the season begins, and we'll be back there with the actual reaction to Goodison Park. So stay safe. Thank you for listening to us. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends about us. Leave us a review. Five star review is always nice. And we'll be back. Thank you very much and stay safe. Fulham.